Welcome to the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your employees all the information they need to be successful at their jobs. Now, let's get started with the show. Chad Franzen here, co-host of the Process Breakdown Podcast, where we talk about streamlining and scaling operations of your company, getting rid of bottlenecks, and giving your staff everything they need to be successful at their job. Past guests include David Allen of Getting Things Done and Michael Gerber of The E-Myth and many more. This episode is brought to you by Sweet Process. Have you had team members ask you the same questions over and over again, and this is the 10th time you've spent explaining it? There's a better way and a solution. Sweet Process is a software that makes it drop-dead easy to train and onboard new staff and save time with existing staff. Not only do universities, banks, hospitals, and software companies use them, but first responder government agencies use them in life-or-death situations to run their operations. Use Sweet Process to document all the repetitive tasks that eat up your precious time so you can focus on growing your team and empowering them to do their best work. Sign up for a 14-day free trial, no credit card required. Go to sweetprocess.com. That's sweet like candy, S-W-E-E-T, process.com. Rajiv Aluru is head of operations analytics at Calpine, where he has led digital transformation efforts in customer solutions and operations, including end-to-end product development. Rajiv, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Chad? Thank you very much. Good. Thank you. Hey, uh, so tell me a little bit more about what Calpine does. Yeah, Calpine uh, is the energy provider, uh, we call it integrated power company that powers uh, the nation. So we have about 25,000 megawatts uh, megawatt of assets in their power plant. Most of them are uh, newer generation power plants. And then um, the power, if you can think of it as the ability to um, power about two and a half or so million customers. Two, two and a half million customers is what that really means. So a pretty big footprint all over the country. We operate in unregulated, meaning competitive power markets such as California, Texas, Northeast. Um, that's about that. Uh, I noticed that your role is the head of operations analytics. Normally, I just kind of speak with heads of operations. Can you tell me about how analytics applies to your role? Yes. So when you look at the uh, operations, the power operations specifically, we are already using data to drive the operations. And then the data comes in various forms from various sources. Uh, For example, we generate data from the plants every minute from the sensors um, and the equipment on the ground gives us data. We also generate quite a bit of data from our homegrown systems that we developed to run the business efficiently and effectively. And there are a lot of processes that we use for, uh, as I said, uh, not only business excellence, but also compliance and other things. So all of that data can be used to make things better. And that is the role uh, that I play. How do we take all the data and then improve the value of the asset, thereby uh, increasing the value for the business that can be a production output increase, minimizing the cost, providing better customer satisfaction or stakeholder satisfaction. So that's usually what, what that means. 
How often does the data affect your day-to-day operations? Like, could you see, okay, yesterday this happened, so today we have to do this, or is it more of kind of a a long-term thing? No, it depends. For example, we actually do monitoring and diagnostics of the plant um, on a minute-by-minute basis, if not periodically. And that any anomaly or any abnormality that we see will be dealt immediately, like throughout the day or within a day or so. However, there are certain processes that can wait. Uh, For example, if you're looking at the monitoring of output of a certain plant, uh, that can wait. And then especially the corrective action can take a little longer. But there are times where we have to act immediately. There are times where we can uh, take a little bit of time to do the right thing. Can you give me an example of it, of something, maybe of something where you have had to act immediately and how do you kind of put that ball in, or how do you kind of get the ball rolling for immediate action like that? Yeah, so say for example, we are monitoring vibration of an equipment and then uh, if the vibration, actually we have a threshold, a historical threshold that we always operated under that threshold and then all of a sudden we are increasing we're seeing an increased amount of vibration um, the impact of that increased vibration can be quick so that needs to be handled immediately so the guys on the monitoring and diagnostics team essentially picks up the phone and talk once they do the basic checks uh, they do because these were past operators they actually make sure that it is not a false alarm and uh, all the validations are done, they'll pick up the phone and then reach out to the plant operator and then say, hey, this is what we are seeing. These are the checks we have done. It looks like something is going on. Um, that is more of a real-time and immediate monitoring example. The, and then obviously the plant will look at it and then they'll do whatever is necessary at the point. That can simply mean taking the unit offline if that means it. you know, And then in informing the services to come in and then do whatever the next steps are. Whereas a a monthly effort or a weekly effort would simply be the comparison of of the plant estimated output to what the real time output is, and then look at it as an average in terms of increasing, decreasing, is it flat? All of that is is more of a um, periodic check. I noticed that part of what you do is to leverage machine learning and artificial intelligence to improve business process, improve business processes. What does that mean and how do you kind of do that? Yeah, so let's start with uh, a basic definition of that, um, where artificial intelligence uh, simply, simply means it's enabling a machine to simulate human behavior, uh, right? That's what artificial intelligence is. How can we simulate a human behavior? But to do that, one subset of artificial intelligence is machine learning, where we allow the machine to automatically learn from the past data with and without programming. Ideally, you want it to be without programming. That's that's where they call it unsupervised as you start with, and then you get into, Mm -hmm. uh, you start with supervised, and then you get to unsupervised machine learning. So that's the, the definition out we actually have a lot of data that we are generating every five minutes, as I already mentioned, which essentially tells me 
the characteristics of that specific machine or that set of operating conditions, right? So that is where we incorporate things like machine learning, and then we can say for this set of conditions, here is the output. Now, as I get the next day or the week after or the next year, if within the same operating conditions, if the output changes, the machine will inform me, not only inform me, but it can also take it to the next level where when these up within the operating envelope, let's call it, which essentially means the conditions, here are uh, the outputs that actually were given to you and can I actually help you get there? Can I automatically take you there? So that is the cognitive automation, we call it. But those are some of the things that uh, come in when we say leveraging machine learning and artificial intelligence primarily to increase the production uh, without jeopardizing the safety and the reliability. That is the key here. A, uh, a hot topic lately is digital transformation and data-driven business results. Um, can you kind of define those, uh, digital transformation, data-driven business results, and why is that so relevant? Yeah, so uh, digital transformation, uh, the word is, I mean, is widely used. It essentially means that the process of using digital technologies to create new or modify existing businesses in terms of their processes, their culture, customer experience, so that the business is meeting the new market requirements. So the businesses have changed. How do they actually change it to meet the new demands? Um, that is where we can use the digital technologies to help the business get there. That's mm -hmm. the concept. Now, with that said, the key is the changing marketplace, COVID, to, uh, uh, to name one, a big force that essentially changed the way we work, live, and interact, as we all know. So those sort of parameters um, have really shifted the paradigm, I would say. But even before that, if you step back and look at it, the Names such as the Uber, the Airbnbs, the Amazons literally change the culture. Yes, they can be seen as a technology product, but they actually change the behaviors for us where it's acceptable to share an asset, right? It's acceptable to ride in somebody's car, for example. It's acceptable to, um, to find pretty much anything online. And then uh, Uber, where you can have full visibility, of who is coming in, when they're coming in, so on and so forth, where time is up. So there is a, a mindset shift as well from the customer and to cater to these new customers, the, the changed mindsets, it's essential to think like those folks that were running these businesses, the digitally native, if you want to call them. Sure. Uh, or digitally influenced. That is why it is important if the business wants to be relevant in the next five to 10 years, I know it might, might come across as a pointed and a blunt fact, but if the business wants to be sustainable, relevant in the next five to 10 years, you've got to be thinking on from the digital front and lead with that in mind. That is why this is important. So as, as operations leader, uh, what's kind of your process for, um, for applying what you just talked about to Calpine? 
So we, as I mentioned before, we use the data and the information generated by the assets, the systems that we have in place, and we constantly use that to improve the processes, the outcome, the way how we do things. Um, and one of the ways that I want to think want to think of here is is valuing the human intelligence. Um, so historically, you take an analyst, and then the analyst can make the reports, and then they come in and they wait, went up and down, whatever it is. But most of those tasks, whichever are redundant and repetitive, if, if the business is okay with it can you streamline it in such a way that you don't need a human capital need to be that need to be spent on that so why is uh, leveraging human capital wisely is what i would say um, would be would be the the mission statement or would be the target where calpine and, and others are trying to achieve in this marketplace smarter faster better uh, and then all of that enabled by data, technology, and then the domain expertise, not to mention, okay, you got to have the domain expertise, but the business have to uh, be open towards contributing that. And then the whole transformation, the cultural transformation will happen accordingly. I have one more question for you, but first, just tell me how people can find out more information about Calpine. Um, it's uh, www.calpine.com. Um, so you should be able to find out what Calpine does, their energy footprint, and what we are doing for the sustainability and carbon reduction as well. Great. Uh, last question. Tell me uh, if you could some of your favorite tools or software that you like to use. Um, I like to be usually vendor agnostic, but uh, there are uh, in, in various aspects uh, I can name a few, but more importantly, the characteristics uh, is what I would like to point out. Okay. So this is more about having, uh, we call it citizen uh, scientist or a citizen um, developer or a business analyst, if you want to call it. Somebody who knows the business, who doesn't really know technology, can you make that person use the tool? That is the standard that I really like. And when you actually pose that question, some of the names that come up are, for example, Tableau um, or this end-to-end -end machine learning platforms such as Databricks, Azure Machine Learning, Alteryx, uh, DataIQ, for example. All of these are essentially trying to democratize um, so-called, um, I mean, quote-unquote, democratize AI and machine learning, which will make the business processes better by understanding your past, but also incorporating more data, more external information, so that you're not only being intelligent based on your past information, but you're also combining that with external information and then get better in your next steps in the future. Hey, uh, Rajiv, it's been great to talk to you. Thank you much, so much for sharing your time and your insights with us today. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Process Breakdown Podcast. Before you go, quick question. 
Do you want a tool that makes it easy to document processes, procedures, and or policies for your company so that your employees have all the information they need to be successful at their job? If yes, sign up for a free 14-day trial of Sweet Process. No credit card is required to sign up. Go to sweetprocess.com, sweet like candy, and process like process.com. Go now to sweetprocess.com and sign up for your risk-free 14-day trial. Hi, this is Owen, the CEO and co-founder here at Sweet Process. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast interview, uh, actually, you know what I want you to do? Go ahead and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That way we get more people aware of the good stuff that you get here on this podcast. Again, go on to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Looking forward to reading your review. Have a good day. That's